listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. Time of refreshing. We met her in 1993, and we had a mutual friend in London, Mark Van Gundy, who was a uh, student at Christ for the Nations when Connie and I were. And we went to England together. Yes, we went to England together to be part of a ministry team, and that's where Connie and I got engaged, and blah, 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 blah. Fast forward. Okay, so Mark kept telling me about this amazing person named Linda Patton who had planted several churches in inner city London in the middle of the drugs and the prostitution and the transvestites. And anyway, this is a courageous lady, single mom. She was with YWAM in India and Nepal has served God in the red light district of Amsterdam. She is the definition of fearless. And she even preaches in the American church. Okay, that to me takes a lot of guts. Okay, all right. So Linda is a good friend. She has become a team member at Time of Refreshing. So we serve with her every year in Switzerland. And uh, she's part of a team of about 20 or so that Bill and Emma Jean oversee. So that's how we know Linda. But we love Linda. She is the real deal. She is genuine, but she is packed with the power of the Holy Spirit. So would you welcome with me, Miss Linda Patton. And can you believe this? Can you believe this? She's a great grandmother too. Just look at her. Okay, you can tell them that. I'm not going to. Can I have one of those embarrassing Very demanding. I know, I'm demanding. That, that's fine. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, good. Good morning, church. Good morning. Lighthouse Church. New venue. <laughs> you know, it wasn't your choice. But you know something? God works together for good. And I thank Dan and Connie for inviting me to come. I kind of sort of invited myself. I just said I was coming to the Kenneth Copeland um, leadership conference, and he invited me to speak. So, anyway, here I am. Like it or not, here I am. <laughs> um, I've come here via Florida, where my family lived, and also uh, Pennsylvania, and then Texas. And I leave here and go home to Florida for one day, pick up my stuff, and fly back to London. The day I get back, I have to get ready for our a council meeting on the next day, all day. So it's going to be straight out. But, you know, God is faithful. And he gives us the strength and the stamina that we need for whatever we need to do. Hallelujah. But um, I'm just so thankful for meeting Dan and Connie and David and Vicki and Bill and Emma Jean. I've known since 1988, maybe. Or even, what was the second T-O-R? So, 
and they're still speaking to me. <laughs> but I, I feel like the Lord is not wanting me to teach you anything new, but encourage you in something that we all need to rise up and take hold of. And I brought my new King James Bible, but I want to read it out of the Amplified Bible. And it's Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Who has their Bibles today? Either by phone. The only reason I didn't, I had to write it out is because I didn't know your Wi-Fi and my Bible only works by Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 and following. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Personally, verse 14, I am convinced about you, my brothers and sisters, you guys, I am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, amply filled with all spiritual knowledge, and competent to admonish, counsel, and instruct one another. Still, on some points, I have written to you very boldly, without reservation, to remind you about them. And it goes on, but I'm here just to remind you that we have hope. You know, in a world that we has no hope, out there, every country in the world is going through turmoil. And I believe we're heading towards the second coming of Christ very rapidly. And to, it's interesting because on every flight to Dallas, I end up with an interesting person next to me. Remember last time I had a lady that tried my patience and I had to keep my mouth shut. This time... And that's hard to do. But this time, a really tall man sat down beside me. He had the aisle seat. I had the middle seat. And he says, oh, gosh, there's not much knee room. I usually have an upgrade, but because the flight is filled, uh, I, I, I had to sit back here. And then he went on and on about him and his wife getting a divorce. And he was sharing with me his cares and concern. He was almost in tears. And he said something that made me think that he was a Christian. So I said, are you a Christian? And he said, yes, I'm Methodist. And I was praying that God would send somebody for me to talk to. Well, guess what? And I'm here counseling this man, and the people around me couldn't get away. I mean, what are they going to do? They're on an airplane. They can't walk out. They can't do anything. They had to listen to me counsel this man about what to do. And he was talking about forgiveness. And I said, yes, forgiveness is the best thing. And we talked about forgiveness and everything. And then when we were leaving, he says, you know, I feel so much better now. And so we are in a world that seems to have no hope in areas of their lives. But you know something? We have the blessed hope. And it said that, that even Abraham, against all odds, he had hope. Hope in God. Hope in his promises. I know you guys probably sing that song, the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, 
light in the darkness. And that's who he is. Hallelujah. And the word the Lord gave me for this year, that there will be, in 2020, there will be plenty. Hallelujah. And I believe that is a word for you today. There's going to be plenty of manifestations of the Lord's healings and his promises that seem to have been lying dormant all of this time. I'm watching the clock too. Yeah. And he wants to bring forth, and I believe he's going to start today. Hallelujah. I believe he's going to start today. The way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And we had a mission called the turning in London in September. And there were a few boroughs in London. There's 30 boroughs in London. And I live now in the largest borough. <laughs> but some of the boroughs got involved. Now everybody wants to get involved. Because in one week's time, we had 1,045 conversions in London. Hallelujah. He is the light in the darkness. And we met in my borough, in my little patch of the borough, we had nine churches working together of different denominations. Praise God. Nine of us working together. Each night we would meet at one of the different churches for praise, worship, and prayer. And the next morning we would go out for one hour, one hour. In one week's time, we had 425 conversions, 916 people that we prayed for in our borough, nine churches working together. Do you know, that's phenomenal. And now we are taking it every month. We're going to do the turning for one week, every month, and continue on. And then next fall, we'll have an outreach all over London. So we're doing that. We're meeting things. I do a lot of different things. I'm a council member for our ministry fellowship. They re-elected me. They, three more years. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't have enough women on the council. I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm elected for another three years. And uh, what I do each year, we don't get our minister's license um, and we keep it forever. Every year we have to be vetted. And so that's what I do. I uh, interview churches that are in the ministry and um, locals. I'm also with Prayer for Parliament. I go once a month to pray for the nation in the House of Commons. And the Christian MPs come in and um, share some of the bills that are coming up. I have lobbied against the assisted dying bill. You can see it on christianconcern.com, my interview there. I do a lot of itinerant work. I went to Spain this year. I went to the Czech Republic. I went to Switzerland in that order. And in Spain, I had never been to this part of Spain before. And I met the, the pastors uh, at the time of refreshing. And I was more amazed than anybody because I ministered for a week in three different locations. But one location, I saw this lady, and she 
was standing up for prayer, and she was holding on to her stomach. And I thought, well, I need to go pray for her. But then I got distracted into something else. And someone else came up. And then she came, comes up, and she says, I have a cyst in my womb, and I'm not able to have children. I've got to have surgery. So I said, where's your husband? She said, he's not here, but he's coming Sunday. And I said, well, we'll pray with you now, but on Sunday, you know, bring him. And so he came, and we prayed together. And I cursed that thing, commanded it to die like the fig tree. And do you know something? It was about a week and a half later, I get a notification. She had gone to the doctor, and he had said, it's gone. And so the husband says, what do you mean it's gone? You told her it was there. And he says, it was there, but it's not there. You know, and so he took her to another doctor. And the doctor says, well, I can see where it was, but it's not there. And so we praise God for that. In the Czech Republic, we saw three people with sinus conditions healed. The next morning after the ladies' meeting, they all came to church and said, we don't have it anymore. And so it's like I was more surprised than anybody, you know, because it's nothing that I do. But you know something? God is a miracle-working God. Every time I come to the States, I struggle with having to rent a car. It, you know, and it costs money that I could be putting into the kingdom. And I've often said, Lord, I really need a car, even if it's just a little tiny runabout to, to run about and do my errands and meet supporters and everything. And so I was in Pennsylvania speaking last week, and I saw on Facebook a friend, a Facebook friend, had this van for sale, an older van, but nice looking, one owner, and she said, it's $3,000. So it was not far from my daughter's house, and my son-in-law is a mechanic. And so they went to see it, and they called me and they said, it's a decent car, but it's not worth 3000 And she doesn't sound like she's going to come down on the price. And I said, okay, that's all right. God has something different. I came home the Monday night, Tuesday morning. I opened my messenger, and this lady says, God has told me to give you the car. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I kept looking at different cars. And I kept thinking, no, this isn't it, this isn't it. But now I've got a free van. And it had been sitting for a while. And so my daughter and I took it through the shampoo car thing. She bought me some new placement, the mats to go in it. And I tell you, it was, I didn't even recognize it when it came out of the washer. You know, I said, is that my van? And it drives so good, you could almost fall asleep in the seat. It was a big, comfortable chair and everything. So, hallelujah. God is faithful. And the last time I was here, I think, you know, I was struggling finding a home in London that was reasonable. And I got so discouraged. And my faith was up and down, up and down, up and down. And... One minute, 
I was believing God for this flat. The next minute, it was like, does it even exist? Up and down. But the Bible says, a double-minded man. Double-minded man is not going to get anything from God. And so the real crunch comes when people tell me that I can't do something, I'm sure that I'm going to do it with a, it, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I went to this real estate agent. The house sounded great. It had a big garden to sit in. You call it a yard. We had a big garden, had wooden floors, you know. I'd go in there, and it was like a double bed, wall to wall in the master bedroom. No place to hang clothes. The guy says, oh, but the garden, look at this. And he opens the door, and the door handle falls off. And I'm saying, no. And he says, Miss Patton, he says, the price you're looking for, you are not going to find anything in this area. And I looked at him and I said, I'm optimistic that I will. And from that time on, you know, that's fighting words to me. When people tell me I can't find something, can't do anything, can't have anything, those are fighting words because I know my God. And he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And I asked for a car parking space. I not only got a car parking space, I got a garage. And that is unheard of in London. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got a balcony, so I don't even have garden upkeep. You know, and it's just perfect for me. The minute I decided that I was going to trust God no matter what. And he says, I want you to up your ante. In other words, look for something more expensive. And I'm saying, but God, you know, uh-oh. All right. So I plugged it into the Internet, and I came up with three houses. I was going to see two on Valentine's Day and one the day after Valentine's Day last year. The night before Valentine's Day, I sat in my prayer chair. I didn't pray, but I said, Lord, I'd really like to have my flat for Valentine's Day. So I went to see these two flats. They were the worst ever. One was behind a pub, and there were drunk men behind it. I would have had to keep my windows closed at all times. I said, no, I'm not having this. The other one had owl wallpaper strung all over the master bedroom. And the other one was brown and white stripes. And the living room had these huge circles of different colors. And you go in the kitchen and you run your finger down this stove. And guess what? It was greased thick. I said, no. So I get out to the car and I'm sitting down. And one guy was in my parking space that, that I would have had. And I said, no. And I was getting discouraged again, you know. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call. And it's for the agent that I'm supposed to see the house tomorrow. And she says, we have the keys early today. Would you like to see it today? And I walked into that flat. The peace of God hit me. 
And I knew that I knew that that was my flat. I didn't have to go away and pray about it and storm heaven or figure out how on earth I was going to pay for it because the peace of God overrode all my fears about what I could afford, what I couldn't afford, and whether that was it. And I said right then and there, I said, what can I do to get it off? She said, you need to put down 300-pound deposit. I paid for over the phone to the agent to take it off the market. Then came qualifying. They weren't going to qualify any of my income from America. And they said, well, you'll have to get somebody to sign for you. I said, I'm not going to sign for anybody. So Judge Judy says, you don't sign for anybody. Nothing. And I said, I'm not going to have anybody sign for me. If God wants me to have this house, I'll have the house. Long story short, I qualified. Backing up, two weeks before, friends of mine from the Lake District had called me up and said, we believe you're going to be moving soon. Can we come down that week, that very week, and start helping you pack? They didn't know I was going to have the flat. I didn't know I was going to have the flat. But God knew I was going to have the flat. And do you know something? There are things in our lives where we need to start digging up these old things, these promises that God has given us, because this year, most of our promises are going to be fulfilled. I believe that. You know, God is sick and tired of us moaning to him. We need to believe him. We need to trust him. And if he says, go further in amount of money, then you have to go further, whether or not it's in your giving or whatever. God is faithful, and he would do it. He is the miracle worker, the way maker. You know, and he says that he wants to fill us with all joy and peace, believing through faith by the Holy Spirit that you will abound in hope. Abound means to abound. What's, a, what's another word here? I'm getting my English and my British mixed up. But we're to abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. He wants us to be so in tune that when we know the Holy Spirit of God, we have a need, we can abound in hope and believe and trust him that he is going to bring it to pass. He is not going to tell us we can have something, do something, be something if we're not. To be rich or well supplied. Abound. To be rich or well supplied. Hallelujah. 2020, a year of plenty. You know, for your jobs for your finances, for your family, for your health. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he says, personally, I'm convinced about you, brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness, amply filled with spiritual knowledge and competent to admonish and counsel and instruct one another. You guys have got it. You've got good teaching in this church. And, you know, God wants us to step out. There are going to be the men on the plane named John that are going to come in your life. There are going to be opportunities for us to share. And he 
is going to give us the words to say at the right time. And unfortunately, the other people had to listen to it all. Fortunately. But I'm here to say that God wants to elevate us. Elevate us. I went to Nice a couple of years ago to a prayer conference, all expense paid by friends of mine. And I had a really nice room on the fourth floor of this hotel. And they had a nice room on the second floor. They had a suite. I had just a room, but it was really nice. And the second night, there came up a storm off of the water. We were only one block from the water. And it was banging something up there. Truthfully, I don't have a problem sleeping through stuff like that. But it bothered me. So I called down and I said, can I change rooms? He says, we're full up. We don't have any rooms. And he says, if it continues, call back. We'll move you for one night. Long story short, I couldn't sleep. So I packed my toothbrush and my, my nightgown and everything in a little carry thing. And I went down to the desk. And I said, I can't sleep. I'll stay one night somewhere and move back. And he looked at the other guy, and they got on their computers, and they said, okay, we'll move you. And I said, well, I've got my bag right here. He says, no, we're going to move. This is 2 o'clock in the morning. We're walking down the hall with suitcases, and I'd hung up my clothes, and so all of the stuff. We walk into this room, catty-cornered from my friends that I went with, and it was a major suite. It had a stove. It had a refrigerator. It had a dining table, two balconies that overlooked the promenade. It had a walk-in closet that you couldn't believe. And, you know, the Lord told me, he said, I am upgrading my people. Hallelujah. I got to stay there the whole week in that room. Praise the Lord. And why am I telling you this? To toot my own horn? No. I'm telling you this because there's something that you have need in your life, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's a job, whether it's uh, situations with your family or relationships, whatever the situation is, there's something that God wants you to walk into, walk into greatness, be upgraded. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's filling us with joy and peace this year. It doesn't matter what happens. God is going to bring peace and joy in our heart if we will allow him to do so. Hallelujah. And you already know this. And sometimes I need to be reminded. I needed to be reminded when I was double-minded about the flat. But God, how are you going to bring the difference between what I was paying and what I'm going to have to pay. But you know something? Within days, it came together. Within days, just because I dared to believe him at his word. And that's what. I was walking down the street of London one day, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, if you'll believe me for the best, you'll get the best. But if you believe me for second best, that's what you're going to get. 
So I said, I'll believe you for the best. And what Paul was saying, God has called me to this grace. And I know the grace of the gift of faith is on my life. And I know it. I've been to Dallas Fort Worth Airport with no money, a daughter, and two suitcases. And I stood in line at the ticket counter at Delta Airlines. And I walked up to the counter, and they said, this much money. And the lady who had dropped us off ran back in, and she was there at the counter, and she said, God has told me I had to come back and pay for your ticket. And as I was standing in line, my daughter says, Mom, can't you use a credit card? Can't you write a check? I said, no, shut your mouth and have faith. <laughs> and then I said to my daughter, I said, I'm sorry I've gotten you into a situation like this. I don't know what we're going to do. And she says, shut up, Mom, and have faith. I have seen great things happen. I've gotten new cars. I've gotten old cars. God gives me cars. God gives me tickets. He gives me new flats. And what was so powerful was I didn't know a whole lot about the Jewish community. A friend of mine who helped me do some rearranging in the house two weeks after I was there she pointed out, did you see the mezuzah on your doorpost? A mezuzah. I said, what's a mezuzah? I kind of knew what it was. It's a Jewish little round thing that has prayers and blessings in it. There's one on every doorpost in my house. Hallelujah. That is why I felt the peace of God. I'm surrounded by scripture. You know something? God knows where to put us. God knows our needs. God knows that you have needs for various different things. And do you know something? I believe today he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing through the experience of your faith that the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope, overflow with confidence in his promises, and he is going to fill you afresh of your Holy Spirit today, I believe. And I believe that the gift of faith that works in my life is going to be deposited upon some of you. And you're going to go out of here today, and you're going to believe God for great things. Hallelujah. I have that grace on my life. I've never really said that before. But I know when I really am walking with God, I know that that gift of faith works in my life. Hallelujah. I've seen healings. I've seen all kinds of things happen. Well, some of you have heard my testimony, but I don't have time to do it all. But in 2004, I went into the hospital for a hiatus hernia operation. Any medical people here? Yeah. I had a hiatus hernia operation, and it went all wrong. And they punctured my esophagus. And I was in the hospital 10 and a half months. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I was being fed through a tube in my stomach for nine months. Bill and Imogene came to see me several times. 
I got sent to a Christian rehab after I could take a few steps. I still had to be fed through a tube in my stomach. The doctors there prayed every day when they came in to visit me, they would get on their knees and pray. I went to a healing service twice a week there. And on that Easter Sunday that I was there, the head of it gave me, Dr. Michael Harper gave me a little chocolate Easter egg about this big. And he said, put it in your bedside table. One day you'll eat it. I don't know how long it was after, maybe a couple of weeks. I pulled it out of the drawer. I ate it. The next x-ray I had, I was completely healed. Hallelujah. I keep thinking, maybe the chocolate Easter egg is still there. We plugged up the hole. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But do you know something? And even they said, okay, it's healed, but you'll always have to have a feeding tube to sustain you because you'll never be able to eat as much, you know, as you should be able to sustain you. And I guarantee you I can out-eat anybody in this entire room. <laughs> And I can walk, and I can leap, and I can run around here. Hallelujah. It left me with an open wound for two years. I had to go to the doctor three times a week and have it dressed because I couldn't reach it. And do you know something? I got sent to a Christian Harley Street specialist, and nobody knows how I got there because I wasn't supposed to go through them. But anyway, I got there. He fixed me when they said it couldn't be done, that I would have to live that way. And even the doctor said it had to have been the prayers that brought me through. Hallelujah. God is faithful. And I believe there are people here today that have needs, and they're pressing on your mind. And you know something? We're going to take that and lift that off of your mind so that you can believe God and trust him for whatever it is that you need. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.